points. How are you all doing? How are, okay, okay, um, maybe it's your first time here to South Point. Um, we're a little bit different, okay, so, um, we actually ask you to express your feelings no matter what they are, but if you're going to cuss me out, please keep that a little bit quieter, but, um, how are you doing today, huh? Anybody happy to be here? Happy to be in church, happy to be in church. Man, we are here celebrating Easter Resurrection Sunday, and you know, it all started like way back, way back when God, get this, this is such a cool story, God created humanity, he created man and woman, and the purpose, okay, before I even go to this story, let me tell you something, will you guys do me a favor, I'm going to ask a favor, will you forget everything you know about church God and Jesus for the next 25 minutes. Okay, will you just, because we come in here, like right now there's so many people in this room that you came in with so many expectations. Listen, I will never measure up to your expectations. You are already complaining about the music. Listen, they're not here to worship you. They're here to worship Jesus. Um, And so there's so many expectations in the room. And we bring in so much nasty baggage from the way we were raised. So for the next 25 minutes, can we just have a conversation where you just kind of forget all that? If you want to pick your baggage up on the way out the door, you can do that. You go with that? You go with that? Anybody? Anybody? No, no takers. Okay. So way back when God created humanity, and here's the deal. Do you know why he created humanity? He created humanity so that they would enjoy life. And he would enjoy life with them. I mean, think about it. He put them in a garden, not a torture chamber. You, you might not have thought about this, but how, how, did you know that Adam and Eve, those names are nowhere else mentioned in the Bible. Like, nobody else is named Adam and nobody else is named Eve in the Scripture. You know, you got more Davids, you got more Samuels, you got all these names. But Adam and Eve, why? Because Adam in Hebrew, and they knew this, the name Adam means human. Okay? And Eve means life. So get this, so God created human life to enjoy their walk on this planet, and he made it and set it up where he would enjoy living with them and being in relationship with them. But then there's that devil, that other guy, that devil, you know, that dude, that snake, that serpent, that enemy, anybody, anybody, and he comes in and he starts spreading lies, and he lies to the human life and gets them to believe the lies, and actually because they believe the lie, it drove a wedge between God and human life, this thing called sin, and it separated this relationship that God actually did everything for. But aren't you glad God didn't stop there? He was not thwarted. I love that word, thwart. Yeah, I've worked this whole time just to fit thwart into a, anybody know the word thwart? It's a really good word. Let's move on, shall we? So God was not thwarted because he sent his one and only son named Jesus to put skin on and to walk amongst humanity once again. To once again teach this whole love of God and that God is not mad at you. He loves you and has done everything for you. And so he starts restoring that relationship between human life and God once again. But then there's that other guy, that devil, that snake, that serpent, remember him? He comes back, and he starts spreading lies about Jesus Christ. And he conjures up, gets all these people to say all these lies, believe all these lies. And so Jesus is actually convicted falsely against these crimes that he didn't do. And they killed him, crucified him on a cross. See, let me pause here. Anytime 
you see in human history, your history, my history, where the relationship between God and humanity is being restored again, you will find the enemy throwing lies at it, trying to decay the truth that God actually loves you and is for you, not against you. So Jesus is crucified. He's dead. He gone. But wait. That was really weak. Come on, people. Come on, people. But wait. There's more. Three days later, not one, not two, not four, but yay, verily, thrice days later, Jesus comes back from the dead so that the relationship between us and God can eternally and continually be available for all humanity. And it was such a big deal. Even at the resurrection, there was lies. There were lies trying to decay the truth. Matthew tells us that there were two Roman soldiers that saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they were paid money to lie and say that the disciples came and stole his body. See, anyone where there is a surge to restore this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and the Father, there's the lies of the enemy. And we need to understand that, there's, that we have to move past that and get to the truth. Now, there's two basic kinds of lies. Okay, I'm boiling this way down. Like, I know you said several lies in your lifetime, right? Anybody, anybody? Yeah, I see, the, I see that hand and that hand and that. That was my son. Put your hand there. Okay, so... Um, we have all two different kinds of lies. You have the conspiratorial lies, right, that, that some people believe, like, if, don't raise your hand because we'll just all laugh at you, but the, the flat earthers, there's people that believe the earth is flat. If that's you, you know, just, just sit there and, and smile in your smugness. You know? or, or there's, or there's the, the people that believe we never landed on the moon, that that was just filmed in a studio, you know, and that, that didn't really happen. Um, or in this area, come on, you got to keep it alive. Elvis is still alive. Right? Yeah, blue suede shoes, my man. He, 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 he gone. But we, but we have these lies. And some people believe it, some people don't. It's kind of like a broad stroke. But here's what all of us struggle with. We all have these different kinds of lies. They're, they're personal lies that the enemy knows how to decay the truth of God in you. So it might be a lie like, like um, hey, you know, I'm, you start thinking of yourself, you start hearing these voices, you know. It's like, oh, man, you know what? I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be happy, and I haven't been happy in my marriage in years. I mean, it's just been years. And truth be told, I mean, yeah, you're right. I got saved. I mean, I got, I got married a little bit early, too, probably too early, you know, but now that I've matured and grown, and now I'm realizing that I'm just more self-aware now, and I'm aware that I don't like her anymore, and um, I would probably be happier if I I'll just get a divorce, and surely the next one will make me happy like I deserve to be happy. Now, if you're here right now, and you're like, Margaret, why'd you bring me here, Margaret? I, you know I'm divorced. You're my 12th wife. Why are we here? Pretty, pretty soon he's going to start to send us all to hell. Why? Let's just leave now and cut to the chase. Let's just go get some food. We're done. We're done. Okay, I'm not really talking about divorce as much as I'm talking about the lies that we're all told. You know, it's a, it's a personal lie for you in your life, in your world, to decay the truth of God. Um, fill in the blank. I like blanks. I like filling them in. It keeps us all together. What will make me happy? What will make me happy? What, what's going to make me? That's the biggest lie. And it's not that we're not supposed to be happy. It's how do we find happiness? One of our church fathers, Ignatius. Isn't that a good name? How many have heard of Ignatius? Born, born in 1495. Nobody. 
Nobody's heard of Ignatius. A couple people heard of Ignatius. Ignatius, start naming your kids that. You know, that's just a good name. Hey, Iggy, right? That'd be a good name. Be a good name. Um, Ignatius has been coined as saying, he defines sin this way. He defined sin this way. Check this out. It's in your notes. It's on the screen. He said, sin is an unwillingness to trust that what God wants for me is my deepest happiness. Let that sink in for a second. Because we would define sin as an action. Oh, you did this, or you did that, or you did that, right? Or you did her. Right? You did these things. And, and Ignatius, says, Ignatius says, no, no, it's none of that. It's an unwillingness to trust that God actually has your best interest at heart. Wow. That should rewire us. And think about how deep this lie has infiltrated into evangelical church. Think about this. When we, when a lot of people, like if you don't go to church, if you're just here, you're a CEO, Christmas and Easter only, hey, we're glad you're here, really. And But you've probably been programmed, I'm just guessing, you've been programmed that God is after you. He is waiting on the precipice of heaven, watching you. And the minute you mess up, he's sending that dump truck to run your butt over, right? Or he's standing up there waiting with his bowl of wrath, and he waits. Yea, verily, I wait for them not once, twice, thrice, and I will pour out my bowl of wrath upon their heads and leave their carcass for hell, right? We think that God is angry at us, and we have this fear towards God, and that is just not accurate. It's just not accurate. We just go about it the wrong way. Fill in the blank. Sin sabotages our capacity for happiness by appealing to our God-given desire for happiness via deceptive ideas. Okay, fill those blanks in because that is a deep, deep, rich statement, okay? I'm going to unpack it just, just a smidge. Sin sabotages. We have these sin things, but, and we try to find happiness by doing these different sinful things, but that just jacks up our happiness quotient on the inside, and that happiness quotient is actually in us from God. Why did God create us? Don't forget, he created us. He put us in a garden. He created us to enjoy life and to him, for him to enjoy life with us. Thank you. You are well reprogrammed. Here we go, right? This is, this is true. So there's some lies that prop up this lie. Here's the first one. Fill in the blank. There's some lies that prop this all up. This, this first one is trending truth. Trending truth. Renee DeResta from Stanford. So that, She's from Stanford, so that means she's like a smart one, right? Um, Anybody else go to Stanford here? Welcome to Mississippi. Okay, so um, she's, she's <laughs> I didn't even make fun of Arkansas today. We, you know, there's still time, though. I still got time. Um, she said, they asked her in this symposium, this conference, whatever. She was doing this thing, this talk. And they asked her, can you define postmodern ethics to us? Can you define postmodern ethics? And she said this chilling statement that it will be on the screen. She said, if you make it trend, you make it true. Think about that for a second. If you make it trend, you make it true. You say, well, that's not, okay, okay, let me, let me just bring this right down to home. Two weeks ago, I'm talking to a young adult, and they start sharing, they said, I just discovered that this is true, and it was an old wives' tale. You know what wives' tales are, right? Old, they're things that everybody says, but they're not really true. Like, if you go outside with cold, to wet hair in the cold, you'll catch a cold. Anybody heard that? Yeah, uh, wives' tales, okay? They're not true. And this person came and said, hey, I just heard that this is true. This is true. And I said, that's not true. That's an old wives' tale. And they said, yes, it is. And I said, no, no it's not. And she said, yeah, it is. I saw it on, go on. TikTok. 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 
This is how I start every conversation with every young adult now. It's, it's, I saw it on TikTok. It's got to be true. It's got to be. It's got to. It's just. It's got to be true. And I told her I leaned in a little bit. I was just like, hey, um, hey. Wake up some common sense. Just because it's on TikTok does not mean it's true. And she replied with this. She said, well, it has to be because this person has over one million followers. What are you going to do now, Pastor Craig? Well, you know, it's just, it's like, listen, just because the masses are doing it does not mean it's true. It, it just doesn't mean it. And here's the problem. We see people doing things. We see the crowd do things. And what they show you is I did this action, what, whatever it is. I did this action, and now I'm happy. And so we think if I want to be happy, I need to do that action. And you say, well, God, will, God said it's a sin or God said it's wrong. So God doesn't want me to be happy, Pastor? I'm so confused because you started this day out saying God wanted us to be happy and enjoy life. And now you're telling me that I can't do this because this will make me happy. God is not saying, I need to calm down, don't I? God is not saying no to this to keep you from being happy. He's saying no to this to save you from the pain that, that will, you will experience from that later on. He sees things. His ways are above our ways and beyond our ways. And so he says no to certain things now because he understands and knows that if you'll get past this moment, yes, you will have a happy life. If you get that one moment and do that, you might be happy in the moment, but it is going to wreck your life. It's going to wreck your life. Just because the masses are doing it doesn't mean it's right. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Scrolling to the next video on TikTok. Oh, wait, that's not in there. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Underline this part. This is awesome. God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. He wants the best for you. Okay, so don't follow the crowds. Here, here's the second lie. We have this radical individualism. We have a radical individualism that's going on right now in our country. Um, I won't even speak for the world. I'll just say in our country. It's crazy. Do you guys remember? Okay, you don't really remember because none of us were alive back then. But like the old school pirate ships and stuff, you know, arr, right? Pirate. I can't say pirate without going, arr. You got to follow it up with arr. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anyway, they would, they, would, they would sail the seas, and how would they get across the seas? They would use this thing, you guys know this from history class, called a sextant, right? It was this thing that they would look up at the stars, and, and they would guide their ships um, across the, the waters following the stars. They never navigated the seas based on whatever they were experiencing right then. Well, the wind is blowing this way, I guess I'll just go this way. Or this is this way, I feel this way. Oh, it's warmer over here, I'll just go this way. No, no. They went outside themselves to find something stable and solid, and from that, they moved forward through life. And for some reason today, we have moved away. We have this moral decay that's going on, and we have moved away from following God and the North Star and turning to our... Okay, here, here's, the new, here's the new rule for us, okay? Not us. Hopefully you don't do this, but it's, I need to be true to my authentic self. Have you ever heard that? I, I just got to... You know what? You know what? You just, you just don't get me. You just don't get me. You know, I just, I got to be true to myself, you know? And we'll even say things back, ah, you do you, boo. You know, you do you. 
And here's what's happening. People are looking in themselves to find happiness, and they got the rudder of their soul turned all the way one way. And they're just going in circles, looking inside their own quagmire of chaos in their soul, looking for happiness. And you're never going to find the happiness in you because you're the problem. You've got to turn your eyes and actually look at the North Star. Look at this man named Jesus Christ. You will find happiness there. He's out to hurt me. No, he's done everything. He gave his life for you. And if we'll just stop circling the own, our own chaos and actually turn our eyes and look at him, things will change. I, I'm telling you, things will change. It says that in Hebrews 12 too. Do this. Well, how do we do this? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Who's he? Man, he is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Mm, that's good stuff. Okay, so last, last little lie here that props this up is DIY faith. DIY, do it yourself faith. How many like this whole do it yourself phase that we seem to be going through? Like, how many watch, and be honest, okay, because I'm going to say something. Be honest. How many of you? Watch and enjoy those house flipping shows. You know, like, turn it, there's all different ones. Okay. Hold, hold, can you put your hands up for just one more second? Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but I'm facing the crowd. Here, here's, here's what happened 95% of the people that raise their hands are women. <laughs> and I love y'all. I got one of those too. I got, I got a wife. And you'd be sitting watching that show, and it's just like they never, they never say it when you're watching the show, right? But like the next day, they're like, hmm, you know, I had an idea. What if we knock out this half of the house and maybe put in an indoor pool and basketball court? I think it'll just be fabulous. Like, baby, you ain't got a million dollars and you ain't got a work crew. I'm out right? But we get so excited about flipping around, and so we get saved. You're like, you got saved on Sunday. woo You're excited. You got saved on Sunday, and then Monday comes, and you're like, I can do it. I can do it myself. And you think, what does a Christian do? How does a Christian act? I love Jesus. Yes, I do. And what can I do? And so you start thinking, okay, I'll just do what I see everybody else doing. So I'm going to immediately stop cussing, How's, how's that working? And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my whole wardrobe. I saw it one time. I, I'm supposed to wear a polyester suit and a necktie. And I'll never wear a ball cap inside the house of the Lord again. And I, I won't wear shorts in the sanctuary. In fact, I'll never wear shorts again ever in the rest of my life. And I'll cover all my tattoos. And, 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 and. How many know that don't work? And then you fail at trying to live that life. And since you fail at living that life, now you feel like a failure. And you are not a failure. You, we need to realize that you couldn't do it the first time by yourself. You can't do it the second time by yourself or the last time by yourself. You have to humble yourself and recognize that you're not that good. I got it. No, you don't. You didn't have it the first time. That's why you called out to Jesus I need your help. Of course we need his help. Look what it says in 1 Peter 2, 24. Jesus himself covered Craig Wendell's sins. 
Put your own name in there. Jesus himself carried my sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from this wounding. How spectacular is that? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. You'll never do it yourself. Take the pressure off. Trust him. Lean on him. Let him. All right, so you're ready for some truths. Those are the three little lies that the enemy keeps trying to get us to, get us to believe. Here's some truths. Here's the first truth that I want you to go home with today. God wants you to be happy slash blessed. Now, when I started out this message with the word happy, I could feel the religious people in the house get a little crusty, a, 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 little, a little, little, little upset, because little, we say, as Christians, we're good with being blessed, right? Oh, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I'm blessed. Praise God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you happy? No, that's the evil. Mm-mm. No, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. But are you happy? No, no, that's from the devil. Mm-mm. I'm blessed. Blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Okay, that's a bunch of religious hoo-ha-ha, okay? How, how about this? How about this? Um, the same Hebrew word, eshir, Ashir, like Ed Sheeran, but different. Ashir, there's the definition that's actually in the lexicon, okay? Blessed, comma, happy. It's the same thing. And so why do we struggle with it as Americans? We struggle, Christian Americans, we struggle with it because here's the deal. We have watered down the word happy. We've just watered it down. Okay, how many of you have ever seen a four or five-year-old, roughly, give or take, that's not happy, that they're pitching a little fit? Where do the rest of you live? <laughs> have you ever been outside your house? I mean, like, I'll, I'll, how many of you have ever seen a toddler lose their mind either at a store, on a video, somewhere in life? Raise your hand. Come on, this is not, man, y'all made me work really hard for that. Come on. You've seen it. Let me tell you how to fix that. You're in a store and you see a kid messing up like that. You need to spank the devil out of him. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, somebody else's kid, maybe. You can, hey, bring that dead. Pastor Sal, I'm supposed to spank the devil out of your child. Bring it here. I'm going to beat No, don't. Okay, don't do that. You'll get arrested. And then I might get arrested for telling you that. So let's just stop there. Um, but you've seen a kid be unruly, right? You, yeah. And this might not be the best parenting skill, but almost every single time, that unhappy toddler, you can change them like that if you give them a piece of candy. I, I mean, like that, right? Like that. And we say, oh, well, they're happy now. <laughs> they're so happy. Um, here's the deal. The minute that candy is gone and the sugar rush is gone, ain't nobody happy. Right? You never made that child happy. Here's what you did. You pacified that child. You pacified it for a mere moment. And when we turn to God and we say, God, I so want this man. I need the new bass boat, baby. I need that. I will be happy if you'll give me that. I need the new house. I need the new job. I need the new spouse. Come on, somebody. That was funny. I need that. And and God is like, no, 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 because I don't want to pacify you. I want you to grow up and be able to say no to a couple things and recognize that I am not trying to keep you unhappy. I am trying to mature you so that you will have a happy life, not a pacified moment. 
Big, big difference. Big difference. Because God sees beyond your immediate want and lust. He sees, and he loves you so much, he's like, man, I understand. Parents, you get this, right? How many times have you said no to a kid because you know that you're going to say no here because it's just better for them? They're going to have a happier life. It's the same thing with the Lord. Like, when we were in the high school, this was years ago, a lot of you know this story. Years ago, we were in the high school, and we were looking for a place to do church. We had to move out of the school. And we looked at the old Harley-Davidson building over on Goodman Road by Tractor Supply, across the road from Goodman from Hooters. Everybody knows where Hooters is. <laughs> you know, you got to give Hooters respect, though. I mean, I love a restaurant that will just really commit to owl conservationists. I, I just think that's beautiful. Um, That was funny. I don't care who you are. That was just funny. Um, okay, anyway, so that's where the building is. And it's about 20,000 square feet. And I, we wanted it. We needed it. This is God. This is God. And we, I, did the, I went old school. I Jericho marched around that thing. Does anybody even know what I'm talking about? I, I Jericho marched around that thing. I, I pray. Holla. I got people praying. Hey, hey. Put a bid in for a million dollars for a 20,000 square foot building. Hey, ho, 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 ho. And um, they, they didn't accept the offer. Now, did it upset me? Yes, but it did not crush me because here's something I've learned. I've learned that God is in control, not me. And I've learned that a lot of times I do bring my wants and my, my, my desires, my lusts, basically, um, to the Lord to say, I want this. I need, I think, I need this. And he's like, no, because I have something better for you. And I think a lot of times when we only stick in that one moment and we just keep praying the same thing, and then we get sideways because it didn't get answered. And, and then here's what happens. We, we, God might dangerously say, okay, fine, you can have it. You're going to be miserable for the next five years, but you can have it. But instead, trusting God in the moment, when it didn't go the way I thought it should go, in the end, he gave us a 116,000 square foot building for $860,000. Say praise the Lord. I mean, that's just, that's just amazing. Why does he do stuff like that? Listen, if this is the last sermon I ever preach in my life, listen to this one statement, please. Because God loves you. God loves you. He's not angry at you. He's not trying to kill you. He loves you. When, when you're young, you've been young before, some of you. Okay, a long time ago. Um, when you're young, we do stupid things, don't we? Come on, we do stupid when you're young. And then you get older and mature, and then you do mature stupid things. Right? It just, they just cost more money and they hurt more. That's, that's what the, the older you get. Right? And if we're not careful, we're going to look at our mistakes and the things that we do. And then we start thinking we're broken and we're not valuable. We're not valuable. Because we start basing our value on how we look and how we act. And that's not how you base value. My, my mother-in-law, she's here, the whole family's here today. That's pretty cool. Um, my mother-in-law used to be a real estate agent. And we were talking about value one time. And I remember she was, we were talking. And I said, well, how much is that worth? And she said, oh, I can tell you the price, but that doesn't mean that's what it's worth. And I said, what do you mean? She said, it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it, which is true, right? And then you think, how valuable am I? You're so valuable that God gave his only son for you. He gave everything he had for you. So how valuable are you? You are priceless. You're focused on your little mistakes, and God's like, sweetheart, just come to me. 
I love you. I care for you. I want the best for you. And all of that, Jesus, here's the last one, Jesus restored our relationship with God. He restored it. From all the way back from the beginning of the garden, what was the full intention? You go all the way to the end, last chapter in Revelation, and you finally see where there is a garden. And once again, human life is in intimate relationship with God the Father in the garden again. It is the whole point. It is not to send you to hell. It is to spend eternity with you because he loves you that much. It's not a magic prayer. Listen, it is not a magic sinner's prayer. Well, I have to say it just right. If you, if you believe so much in the sinner's prayer, that's nothing but a, a magic spell. Don't put your faith in a prayer. You put a faith in a God. His name is Jesus Christ. So how do you get saved? It's just so confusing. Remember, you forgot everything you knew, so here we are. How do, you, how do you come into a relationship with Jesus? Romans 10, 9, and 10. And what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of righteousness of God, and then the mouth confesses, resulting in salvation. You just have to believe and confess. That is it. And he wants you to enjoy life. Can I pray with you right where you are? Will you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, I love you. And I thank you for this moment in time. I thank you that you have done everything, that if we'll just stop looking at ourselves and start looking at you, things will change. So right now, you're here in this house still praying with your eyes closed, your head bowed, and you're, you're feeling that moment, and you're like, oh man, I, don't, I know that something needs to change, I'm not really happy, I, I'm struggling, but I don't want to go down front. I'm not going to call you down front, I'm not going to make you stand, I'm not going to embarrass you like that. That's just, this is a personal decision between you and Jesus Christ. The public declaration of that is water baptism, that's next Sunday. Right now, it's a personal decision between you and Jesus. If you're ready to accept him, if you're ready to start a relationship with him, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up, and then I'm going to pray for you just right where you are. I'm going to count because you're not alone in the house. I guarantee it. Come on, you're ready to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. Put your hand up. Come on, put them up. Hold it up for a second. I'm looking. You're not alone. You're not alone. I'm telling you. I'm looking. You're not alone. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Come on, somebody ought to be happy about 21. I mean, come on, people. 21. Heavenly Father, right now, we ask that you do exactly what your word says. You said that if we would just confess with our mouth that we are now a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. And I believe in my heart that, yes, it is Easter Sunday, and you came back from the dead. I believe it, and I stand by it from that, from the confession and the belief, you are saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Listen, if that's you today, if you're one of those 21 people that raise your hand, there's people down front that would love to pray with you and just touch base with you. And then for you, water baptism is the next step. So that's next Sunday. So what you do, just go out there and sign up at the desk or sign up on the app. And um, that is next Sunday. We're going to have a good time. Stand with me, if you will. And before you leave um, and you go in the lobby, will you remember to get your kids, please? I mean, we like them and all, but, you know, get them before you do anything else. All right, let's pray the benediction, and we will jet out of here. Heavenly Father, right now, we just ask that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, y'all. Love you.